Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions, day three of our look through Colossians chapter four. We're going to be looking at verses seven to 10 today. And in these verses, Paul begins a list of people that he wants to encourage and give thanks to and talk to the Colossians about in terms of their, their serving the Colossian church. The interesting thing to me about these verses is they're a deep, deep reminder of the fact that Paul did not serve Jesus Christ alone. If you have any kind of image of Paul as some lonely figure walking through the countryside serving Jesus Christ and going to these churches, that's not the picture of the New Testament. If you have some picture of Paul sitting in prison all alone all the time, there were lonely times in prison, no doubt, in those nights. But many times during the day, he was surrounded by his partners in ministry. There was a large group of men and women that he partnered with in ministry. And the last part of Colossians lists many of these people. And in this list, we're going to look at this the next three days. There is, for me, there's for me a picture of real fellowship, real fellowship. You know, sometimes you go into, the, into a restaurant and they have those dessert trays where they have like a plastic, um, plastic uh, representation of the real dessert. They have it there so it can sit out all day and get dust on it and nobody tastes of it and all that kind of stuff. You, you look at those plastic representations, and they don't look that appetizing usually to me. I want the real thing. Well, there is a plastic representation sometimes of fellowship, of what it means for Christians to live together and serve with one another. And it's something, some image we just conjured up in our minds. None of us want that. We want not the fake, but the real. And Colossians 4, verses 7 to 16, it's a slice of the fellowship of the first century church, real fellowship, real people. In, in all of the New Testament, there are references to over 100 fellow Christians in Paul's letters. A huge, huge group of people that he served with, 26 of them in Romans alone. Real people that Paul served with and real life. In these verses that we walk through the next few days, we're going to see real joy and real pain. We're going to see the ease and comfort of, of fellowship, but also the struggle and difficulty of fellowship. Next few days, we're going to look at 11 qualities of real fellowship that I see in 11 specific people that are mentioned in these verses. First of all, first quality of real fellowship, I see in a, in a guy by the name of Tychicus. First, his name just makes, it's memorable, isn't it? You don't hear that name very often, Tychicus. His name and life and person in the, in the life of Paul is a reminder of the fact that fellowship is a relationship. Verses 7 and 8 of Colossians 4. Tychicus will tell you all the good news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. Tychicus, the name, comes up often in Paul's letters as you read through his letters. And you find that Tychicus was somebody who evidently at times was a scribe for Paul, as Paul quoted these letters to the churches, he wrote them down, and he was also very often somebody who delivered these letters for Paul. In fact, that's what's happening here. He's going to deliver this letter that Paul is writing. The letter that Paul is writing, the Colossians, Tychicus is the one who actually takes it to the church. Paul's in prison. He can't take it there. So Tychicus does take it there. And Paul says about this relationship that he has with Tychicus that he's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. Three kinds of relationship there. A family relationship, dear brother. A working relationship, faithful minister. A spiritual relationship, fellow servant. Fellowship is first and foremost a relationship. 
Sometimes we forget that. As obvious as it seems, we make fellowship into a, a, a program, or we make fellowship into a Bible study, all the aspects of fellowship. And we're going to go through a Bible study of fellowship these next few days, but at its core, fellowship is a relationship. We are one in family. We're in the family of God together. We are one in the work that we do together. We serve Christ together. It's a working relationship. And we're also one in God's spirit, a fellow servant. God's spirit has come into me and he's come into you as a servant of Jesus Christ. So we are fellow servants in Jesus Christ, not one above the other, but serving together. This relationship that we have in fellowship with one another, that's where it all begins. As we talk these next few days about fellowship, it would be pretty ridiculous to talk about fellowship without doing anything about it. So I I know names are going to come to mind, and there may be a relationship that you need to restore. There may be a relationship that you need to strengthen. There may may be a relationship right now that you just need to thank God for, a fellowship relationship. I love the fact that wherever you go in the world, there is a relationship that you have with other believers in Jesus Christ. I've seen this again and again. The minute you meet this other person that maybe you've never met before, and they're all the way across the world, there's an immediate connection of fellowship. So that relationship that we have, it is immediate but it is also a lifetime relationship many times. The people that are involved in your life, that relationship is continuing and growing the rest of your life. And here, Tychicus is sent by Paul, not only because of his relationship with Paul, but also so that Tychicus could relate to the Colossians. I'm sending him that he could encourage your hearts. That's what the relationship is all about, encouraging one another in the faith. Fellowship is a relationship. Second name, Onesimus. In verse nine, he is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Onesimus is a reminder of the fact that fellowship is all-inclusive. There's an incredible story behind this name, this person, Onesimus. You can read his story in the book of Philemon. It's a one-chapter book in the New Testament. And Philemon is, is Paul's letter to his friend Philemon about a former slave of Philemon's by the name of Onesimus. Onesimus had been a slave of Philemon. He had run away somehow from that slavery situation. had come somehow into Paul's life. And Paul had written back to Philemon to say, Philemon, I'm sending Onesimus back to you. And I'm encouraging you not only to receive him as you would me, but also to set him free from his bonds as you would set free any believer in Jesus Christ. This former slave, an escaped slave, is now being called by Paul here in Colossians, one of you. Fellowship is all-inclusive. In that day, there were very, very strong boundaries between slave and free, but not in the mind of Paul, not in the mind of God, not not in the Holy Spirit words of the New Testament. No, that barrier is broken down. Fellowship is all inclusive. Now, you may have a struggle when it comes to fellowship with some group of people. There may be some prejudice that you have that says this group of people that lives in in this country or that is this color is somehow not as in the fellowship as some other. If so, you need to deal with that. But for most of us, this idea of fellowship being all-inclusive, it doesn't go to an entire group of people, and it goes to one family of people or even one person, one person with whom I'm having a problem. And I need to realize that fellowship includes them, that I'm going to spend eternity with that person. They're a believer. They're a fellow believer in Christ. And although we may not agree on everything while we're on this earth, we are in fellowship together from now all the way into eternity because fellowship is all-inclusive. 
It's a relationship. It's all-inclusive. And then fellowship, a third thing about it is it's enduring. We learned that from a man by the name of Aristarchus. In chapter 4, verse 10, the first part of that verse, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings. Aristarchus. We read about him in Ephesus. He's in a mob scene there where he's arrested. We read about him as somebody who's on a shipwreck with Paul. We read about him as somebody who is imprisoned with Paul here in Rome. Aristarchus' name comes up just a few times in the New Testament, but every time it comes up, he seems to be in a difficult situation. But he didn't give up. Somehow he'd been with Paul, and now he's serving Paul in such a way that he's in prison with him. We don't know the whole story of that, but we do know this. He was faithful, that through thick and thin, he was there beside Paul. Not only did he visit him in prison, but somehow his service beside Paul caused him to be a fellow prisoner. Fellowship is enduring. Fellowship goes through the good times and it goes through the bad times. In your life, in this world, in my life, there's going to be both good and bad. And so if I'm going to fellowship with someone, have a relationship with them through my life in this world, it's going to be through the good and through the bad. Fellowship that just is there for good times when somebody's doing well, when I want to rejoice with them and have a party, that's not real fellowship. That's the plastic kind on a plate. Real fellowship, real fellowship is the fellowship that's there when, when somebody's suffering, when somebody doesn't know where to turn, or somebody's struggling in their faith. Fellowship is enduring. Fellowship is living together the life that Christ has given us the rest of our life on this earth. As we talk to God today, spend a few minutes focusing on him. Let's talk to him about our relationships to each other. Say to him, Lord, help me to strengthen my relationship with other believers, my family, my working, my spiritual relationship. I know you haven't given me this Christian life to live on my own. And in those times when I do, I ask you to forgive me. And I pray you would remind me that there are other people you've put into my life and we're to live this life together. Lord, thank you. Thank you that fellowship includes everyone. You haven't left anyone outside of the invitation to come into the kingdom. And once we accept that invitation, we are all part of your family. Forgive me for holding someone at arm's length. Forgive me for believing that someone is not as included as another. And Lord, thank you that fellowship is enduring. Help me to endure. I need your strength for that. To endure through the good times and bad times with the people in my life. And I pray you would send, send into my life people who would endure with me to the good and the bad. Help me, help me not to hold people at arm's length when I'm going through times of suffering, but to invite them in. And help me, Lord, not to, not to ignore people when they're going through times of suffering, but to invite myself in. And through that, Lord, I pray that the enduring fellowship that we have with each other would bring hope and encouragement in every time of life. I pray this, Lord. I pray that you'd increase my fellowship, that my love for you would flow over, would, would just in, in, in new ways, would magnify into my love for other people. I pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to look at three more qualities of real fellowship. Fellowship. 